If you could watch that a moment ago and you can't clap your hands, something's wrong somewhere. Give the Lord a hand in here. Hallelujah. For the ultimate price that he paid for our sin, that he loved us enough that he gave it all, that we might go free, that we might be saved, that we might live. Wow, what a presence in this room. What glory in this room. You may be seated for just a moment. What an honor, what a blessing it is to have you in the house of God with us today on this beautiful Easter Resurrection morning. And what a joyous, wonderful, glorious day it is. As we were making our way to church this morning, I was riding with my son. I looked out and I told him, I said, what a beautiful day. I woke up early this morning. My wife and I set our clock for about 5.30 this morning. I wanted to see the sun come up. And Robert, as I was looking out the window and I seen the sun as it began to rise, I just couldn't help but imagine on Sunday morning when the sun woke up the earth and all of a sudden the stone begins to roll away from the door. And the song that we've sang here many times in this church when his lifeless body began to breathe. Jesus gets up at the first breath of Jesus Christ on that morning. All of hell was defeated. Every sin that would be repented would be forgiven. Every life that was broken and needed to be mended would be mended. Every sickness and every disease that needed to be healed that would be believed for would be healed. I want to tell you something. I want to remind you of something right here. We are already healed. Our healing has already been given. But we have to believe it and receive it. Salvation has already been given, but we have to believe it and receive it. It's something that I believe every one of us in the room understands, but I want to make it clear. Nobody can receive it for you but you. You're the only one who can open up your heart and open up your mind and open up your soul to the Lord and actually receive from the Lord. And I declare to you on this beautiful Easter Sunday morning, there's no better time than now, no better time than the present to let God do everything He wants and desires to do in your life. Let me say again, we're honored that you're here. We're blessed to have you in the house of God today. And I'm just thankful that His presence is in this room. And we're in an exciting moment. And we, I was in the worship team before service this morning. And I told them, I said, something wonderful is going to happen today. I believe it with all of my heart. People are going to be saved if not already. People are going to be healed if not already. People are going to be delivered if not already. Lives are going to be changed if not already in this room today. Hallelujah. I want to 
I'm not going to preach just yet. I'll have you to stand when we get ready to read Scripture. But before I get there, I felt impressed to ask you about five questions. I laid heavy upon my heart. The short video clip you've seen a few moments ago. I watched the entirety of the movie the other night. Couldn't help but weep. I told him this Friday night, and as I was watching the movie, I kept saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to go through that for me. I'm sorry you had to deal with that for me. I'm sorry you had to face that for me. And even though I know I've been forgiven of my sin, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. And in that, I want to ask you this this morning before I bring the word to you today. Have we become numb to the amazing truth of the resurrection? When was the last time the reality of the resurrection literally shook you to your core? It literally shook you to your innermost being. When was the last time the thought of the resurrection brought tears to your eyes? I don't think we really realize all of what Jesus went through. I believe the passion of the Christ is probably one of the closest depictions I've ever seen. But I would just tell you, I don't even know if that really scratches all the surface of what Jesus went through. When was the last time the reality of the resurrection brought you into a humble place of thanksgiving or a humble place of praise? where your heart was literally broken in humility before the Lord and you couldn't do anything but thank Him and worship Him and praise Him for the ultimate price He paid for you. And then I love this last one. When was the last time the reality of resurrection brought peace to you? It literally brought peace to your heart, to your life. What do you mean, Pastor? Knowing that if Christ Jesus was raised from the dead, that we shall be raised also. You've heard it said many times, and I'm going to say it here again today. Because He got up, we will get up. And I'm just going to be honest and tell you, I don't believe there's many of us in this room that's going to go by the way of the grave before the rapture of the church takes place. But if we do, because He got up, we will get up. Amen? We will get up in the authority of the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet with me all across this room. I'd like for you to turn in your word with me today on this beautiful Easter morning to Philippians chapter 2, verse 10 through verse 11. I want to read a couple of different translations and then we're going to go to John chapter 20, verse 31. And it says this, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Then the Passion Translation says it this way. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to His name. In the heavenly realm, 
in the earthly realm and in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord. Yahweh bringing glory and honor to God his Father. That's all right. Give him a hand in here. John 20, 31, Passion Translation, but all that is recorded here is so that you will fully believe that Jesus is the Anointed One, the Son of God, and that through your faith in Him, you will experience eternal life by the power of His name. Amen. I want to share with you this morning, after a moment of prayer on this thought today, Resurrection at the name of Jesus. Father, I ask you now to search the heart and the life of every person in this room today. Let this word come forth unto us. Let the bread of life be broken unto us this day. And I pray, God, that you will stir inside of us. Lord, that you will stir inside of us a desire, Lord, to draw near to you today. Lord, to find you, Lord, like we've never found you. To go deeper in you than we've ever gone before. And for those who do not know you, that they will come to know you in your saving grace. But Lord, let this day as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, let it be a moment in time where you will minister in the lives of these people today in such a manner that they will never forget what you have done in them. And Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise and we give you honor for all this we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you this morning. Resurrection at the name of Jesus. I want to go back to the last part of John 20 and 31. And he said, the Son of, and the Son of God, that through your faith in Him, you will experience eternal life by the power of His name. I want to key on that word power for just a few moments today. The word power occurs, occurs 57 times in the New Testament. It is a word that God wants us to understand. It is a word that God wants us to really understand what it means and what it will do in our life. It is a word used to describe the most powerful event that has ever happened in history, and that was the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And I want to make something very clear to every person in this room and online here today that the same resurrection power is available to change your life this morning. But the way it will change your life is at the name of Jesus Christ. And in the name of Jesus, you shall be free. In the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. Paul writes in Philippians 3 and 10, And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus and to experience the overflow power of his resurrection working in me. I will be one with him in his sufferings and become like him in his death. And then he tells his readers in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 and 20, the living Bible said it this way. I pray that you'll begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe in him. 
It is that same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heaven. The same verse of verse 19 again in the Passion Translation. It says, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. He wants us to understand the power of His name. He wants us to understand the power that we can receive in and through Him. Paul uses the Greek word for power, dunamis, which is the root of our word dynamite. And what Paul was saying was this, God wants to give you dynamite power that will literally change your life for ever. Yes, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you and me right here, right now in this service this morning. Why is he here? To transform the weaknesses in our lives into his strength and into his power. He wants to take your weaknesses and turn them into your into strength. He wants to take those things that have held you down and held you back and bring you forward in His power and glory. And I want everyone in this house to understand something very clear. God's power will cancel your past. His power will change everything about you and who you are. Resurrection power is the power to cancel our past. It is the power to cancel our failures. It is the power to cancel our mistakes. It is the power to cancel our sins. It is the power to cancel our regrets. I want to ask you, does anybody in this room have regrets today? Resurrection will cancel that in your life. Is there anybody in this room ever made any mistakes in your life? Resurrection will transform that in your life. Has anyone in this house ever been bound by sin? I can answer that for you. The Bible said we were all born into sin. So we've all been bound by sin in our life. But he came by this way today through resurrection power to break its bond off of your life. But I want you to notice when you talk about resurrection being the power to cancel, when I say cancel, I'm not talking about denying the past as if it never happened because your past happened. Your past was real. Your past actually took place in your life. But when I say cancel, cancel means to eliminate. It means to neutralize. It means to offset something in your life. And I want to tell somebody this. God has come by this way to cancel the bondage of sin in your past, to eliminate, to neutralize the power of sin upon your life. Have you ever gotten halfway through a project and wish you could start over? You ever been doing something and wish you could go back and do it again? A lot of people feel that way about life. They feel about life, I, I wish I could start over. I wish I could do it fresh. I wish I could do it all over again. They say, well, I've made so many mistakes. I wish I could wipe the slate clean and start over. I wish I could get a fresh start in my life. Failures, problems, and bad decisions. Every one of us have suffered from them. There's not a person in this house that hadn't suffered from failure. Not a person in this room hadn't made bad decisions. There's not a person in this room who hasn't had problems in your life. We've all been there, and we have all faced it. 
But some people just cannot seem to let go of the past. And because they can't let go of yesterday, because they can't let go of the past, as a result, their past limits their present opportunity. Some people cannot go where they need to go in God because they're always held back by yesterday. They can't be what God wants them to be now because the devil's continually reminding them of who they used to be. But let me just remind you of something. If you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, you're not the same man, woman, boy, or girl that you used to be, but you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. He has literally changed your life. So you have to understand and you have to realize you're not the old you and God has given you present opportunities. But many people live in a constant state of regret. If only I had done that. If only I had made these changes in my life. And because they live this way, they're constantly second-guessing themselves. You ever been there? You ever lived in that? Where you constantly second guessing who you are? Many people that live this way, they're tormented by painful memories such as this. I blew it and I'm going to have to pay for it for the rest of my life. I made these mistakes and I'm going to have to pay for them from now on. Let me tell you something. You may have to deal with some things in your life because of decisions you've made. But I want to tell you, it doesn't have to rule who you are and rule where you're going and rule the rest of your life. God will break you free in the name of Jesus. God reminds us that it is unnecessary for us to go around with a heavy load of guilt, old hurts, or memories of the mistakes of yesterday. Notice in Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, you were dead because of your sin, and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. But I love this part. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sin. He forgave all our sin. Then verse 14, he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Then the same passage, or verse 14, in the passage, Passion Translation, it says it this way. He erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul, he deleted it all, and they cannot be retrieved. I want somebody to get that. He erased it all. He deleted it all, and they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation, that it is no longer held against us. That ought to make everybody in this house want to shout. It ought to make everybody in this house want to rejoice. He says he has forgiven all of our sin. He's canceled every record of the debt that we had to pay. He canceled it all. How did he do that? He did it by allowing Christ to be nailed to a cross at Calvary. He took every bit of the load of our life upon him. Jesus knows the things we've done wrong. Listen to me. Jesus knows what you've done wrong. He knows the guilt of your past. He knows who you are. He knows everything about you. You don't know the real truth of the matter. Jesus knows more about you than you know about yourself. He knows what we've done wrong. But I like this. He didn't come to rub them in. He came to rub them out. 
He knows what you've done wrong, but he didn't come to smear it in your face. He didn't come to rub it in your face. He came to rub it out of your life. He didn't come to condemn us, but he came change us. He didn't come to hold us under the bondage of condemnation, but he came to set us free by the power of his blood. Amen? A clean slate. I want somebody to hear me today. There's people in this house, listen to me. You don't feel like there's a fresh start for you. You don't feel like you can start over. You don't feel like there can be a difference in your life, but I want you to hear me well. A clean slate is possible. A clean slate can happen in your life. The Bible says that this was what God does with the mistakes we have made. When we come to Him, He wipes the slate clean. He gives us a new start. For in Jeremiah 31, 34, New Living Translation, God said to the Israelites, I will never again remember their sin. I will never again remember their sin. This has to be one of the most amazing statements in the Bible. Why would you say that, Pastor? Because the God that created the whole world, the God that created everything, the God that brought everything into existence can forget. A God that can do such awesome things has the power to forget when we come to Him and admit our sin. He asks Him to forgive us. He cancels our past. Let me tell you how God can do that because He chooses to. That's the good news. God chooses to forget our wrongs. He chooses to forget our mistakes. He chooses to forget our failure. He has canceled our past, and listen to me, and set us on a path to get with the present. He has canceled our past, and he's put us on a path that we can get into the presence, present in his glory. What's the basis of this forgiveness? What do we base this forgiving power on? What do we base this kind of love and mercy upon? When Jesus died, one of his last statements from the cross was, It is finished. How can you base, uh, Pastor, how can we be forgiven? Because Jesus said, It is finished. That phrase literally means paid in full. I want you to look right at me for a moment. It means paid in full. When Jesus said it is finished, he said that your debts have been canceled. He said that the price has been paid and nothing can be held against you again if you only come to him in faith, believing and accept his grace and mercy and love and saving grace in your life. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, Amplified Version said this, Therefore there is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in Him as personal Lord and Savior. Romans 8 and 1, the Passion Translation said it this way, So now the case is closed. That's not my word, that's His word. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. There's no accusing voice. The case is closed. Jesus was crucified on the cross that we could stop crucifying. He was crucified on the cross 
so that we could stop crucifying ourselves. I want to say that one more time. He was crucified on the cross so we could stop crucifying ourselves. He was hung up for all of our hang-ups. We all got them. We all got hang-ups. But he was hung up for your hang-ups. The question is, if God forgets a sin in the moment we confess it, don't you think we ought to forget it? If God forgets our sin the moment we present it, we confess it, don't you think we ought to forget it? Listen to me. It's time to forgive and forget. I'm going to say this. If you got all against brother or sister, it's time to forgive and forget and time to move on. That's not what I'm talking about right here. It's time to forgive and forget who? Yourself. It's time for you to forgive you. God's already forgiven some of you, but you can't forgive yourself. The devil won't let you. And I'm going to tell you something a little more real that we don't like to think about. God's already forgiven you, but you won't forgive yourself because you won't let you. We don't feel like we're worthy. We don't feel like it can happen for us. We don't feel like God could really love us that much. We don't feel like there's a way. But I declare to you, He's the way. I close with this. Resurrection means forgiveness. Resurrection means hope. Resurrection means life. Resurrection means restoration. Resurrection means a new beginning. And you can find every one of these as these shirts proclaim at the name of Jesus. You can find life at the name of Jesus. You can find hope at the name of Jesus. You can find joy at the name of Jesus. You can find forgiveness at the name of Jesus. I want you to stand to your feet with me all across this room. just a moment I'm going to pray with everybody in this room and I want you to prepare your heart in just a moment I want to pray the sinner's prayer with everybody in this house I want to pray a blessing upon everyone in this house and I declare to you right where you are in this room today the presence of God is right next to you You're not standing where you are alone. But there's a greater one than you and I who's standing right next to you. I don't have to tell you that this morning because some of you have already felt him tugging at your heart. You've already felt him tugging at the heart, the strings of your life. You've already felt him tugging at your spirit. 
But I want to share one last thing with you before I pray. And I want everybody in this house to listen to me. Look at me and listen to me. He's here today to erase your worries. He's here today to erase your fears. He's here today to erase your anxieties. He's here to erase your hang-ups. Let's just be real. He's here to erase your desperations, your depression, your oppression. I'm going to get a little closer for a minute. He's here to erase your anger. I'm talking to somebody in this room. He's here to erase your bitterness. He's here to erase the resentments of your life. To erase the resentments of your life. I preach to you today because I love you. Jesus loves you. And at the name of Jesus... Everything about your not life will forevermore change if you receive Him. I want to ask you to bow your heads all across this room. Before I pray this prayer, Father, I ask you to reach out to every person in this house. Every sick body, I ask you to heal them. Every burdened soul, I ask you to release them. Every broken life, I ask you to put it back together. Every broken marriage, I ask you to heal it and mend it. Every frustration, God, I ask you to remove it. Every heaviness, God, I ask you to lift it. I ask you, Lord, to send revival to every heart, soul, and mind, and body in this house. Send a revival that will literally change their life and change who they are. Let the reviving spirit of the Holy Ghost move us in this moment that on Easter Sunday morning we'll never forget what you have done in the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask everyone in this room to pray with me. We're not forcing anything on anybody, but I'm asking everyone to pray with me. If you're not, a, if you have not been saved, in this moment, you can invite Jesus into your life. If your life's been a wreck and your life's been a mess and your life's in turmoil, in this moment, you can invite Jesus into your life and into your circumstances. If you felt like there's no hope and there's no way out for you, in this moment, you can invite Jesus into where you are. And I declare to you this day, there's nothing you have walked through, been through, or in in this moment that Jesus cannot bring you out of. 
There's nothing Jesus cannot heal you from. There's nothing Jesus cannot release you from. Pastor, you don't know how low I've gone. Pastor, you don't know how deep I've been. Pastor, you don't know what's going on in my life. It does not matter. You've never gone too low. He can't reach where you are. If you're a child of God, I want you to pray it as a rededicating prayer. But let me tell you this. Jesus Christ loves you more than anything. Jesus loves you more than anything. Pray with me. Jesus, come on all over this house. Jesus, I believe that when you hung on that cross, at Calvary. You hung there for me. You saw me on April the 4th, 2021. You saw me in that moment and you laid down your life and you paid the price that I might go free. Jesus, I'm sorry for every sin, every wrong deed, every evil act, every time I've ever rejected you, every time I've ever pushed you aside, every time I've ever said no. Jesus, I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. In your precious blood, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life, and be my Lord, be my Savior. For today, I accept your saving grace, your mercy. Today, I'm free from fear. Today, I'm free from anxiety. I'm free from worry. I'm free from bitterness. I'm free from anger. I'm free from resentment. I'm free from the toils of sin. I'm free from the burdens of life. Jesus, I am free. Father, I thank you for what's happened in this room, and I declare and I pronounce and I speak a blessing upon every man, woman, boy, and girl in this house. I speak a blessing upon each and every one. I declare this day, God, that they are blessed and they are highly favored in the name of God, that they are lifted up in your presence and they are lifted up in your glory. And I declare this day that they are the favored of the Lord. I declare this day that goodness and mercy shall always follow them. I declare this day that good things are happening in their life and that the transformation that has taken place today will forevermore change who they are. I pronounce and declare a blessing upon each and every one of us in this world.